Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Monday edition of the show. Some lawmakers, at least where we sit, want today to be a holiday. Maybe you do too. It'll breeze by over the next three hours. Looking forward to it. Dan Dockich joins us, Chad, in about 20 minutes. We'll recap Super Bowl 57, get big takeaways with him, the uh, the host of Don't At Me. Nick Lowry, he is in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame as a kicker. Five-time All-Pro. He joins us to recap what the Chiefs did last night, winning by 338-35. Uh, and Lee Hartley Carter joins us to uh, discuss all things Super Bowl commercials. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. I'm passionate about the Monday after the Super Bowl being a, a state holiday mm-hmm. is where we are here in Tennessee possibly happening. But then I remind myself that, well, us and this entire crew here will oh, be yeah. working that day anyways to recap a Super Bowl on Monday. So I don't really care as much. Uh, maybe that's selfish of me, but you know that's kind of my viewpoint I, right now. <clears throat> I think the parties And I would think be, less and less of it. Parties are already really good. I think the parties would crank it up a notch. Yeah, there'll be a bigger post game. You know, it's Sunday nights, it's a great night to kind of ease into your week. You know, it's a big night to watch your favorite HBO program and go to bed around 10 o'clock. Super Bowl le- leads into that, and they know a lot of people are doing that. That's why they started at, what, 6.30 Eastern time, so you can go to bed at a reasonable hour. You take that next day off for a holiday, and it's going to crank up with the post game. Uh, whatever that new Gordon Ramsay show is they had on Fox last night, people are just powering their way through that, <laughs> drinking and having a great time if you make the next day a holiday. But again, I just don't really care anymore because we're going to work either way. And we're working today, Hutton. And we're after. ready to go. What a game that was. What a game and what a performance by both quarterbacks. But let it be known, Patrick Mahomes is king. The king reigns. Uh, yet again, and now he's got two Super Bowls to go with two MVPs. And Chad, he also is the Super Bowl MVP of 57, just like he was in his first victory. He continues to rack up the hardware and the championships. And I think legitimately now, the chase is on. The chase is on for Tom Brady's numbers with Patrick Mahomes. He's young. He already has two out of three. And again, the wins are stacking up for him. In a very difficult AFC, you have to go through Arrowhead and you have to go through Mahomes, who is going to come up clutch when he has the football, injured or not. And he re-injured the high ankle sprain and still pushed their way to victory, scoring on every possession. Chad, they had the ball in the second half, or excuse me, just total. Total, Mahomes had the ball for like 24 minutes and they put up 31 points. It's ridiculous. Offensively. And also, you know, second Super Bowl ring and second time coming from behind by double digits in the second half. Uh, the 49ers win in the Super Bowl. They were down 10 with 8.53 left, mm-hmm. and they end up winning that game. They're down 10 at halftime to start the second half. They get going on that first drive, that 75-yard drive to, to make it a three-point game, and then they just kept scoring from that point on. You mentioned the comparison to Brady. Uh, some some stats here. Brady at 27 years old. He was 57 and 14 overall. 
He had three Super Bowl rings. He was 11-3 to postseason touchdown-to-interception ratio. Mahomes at 27, 75-19 overall, two Super Bowl wins, one behind Brady, 35-7 to mm. postseason touchdown-to-pick ratio. Now, let me also state that if you went 20 years before Brady started his career, it's a way different era and game than is being played today. At the start of Brady's career, when he was 27, the game was different than it's being played today. So just keep that in mind when you see that out-of-this-world touchdown to INT ratio for Mahomes in the postseason, 35-7 to in postseason alone, and now his second Super Bowl ring. Uh, but I do agree with you, Hutton, that this is now a conversation to be had at this time in both their careers. Now, there's also no way I'm thinking that Mahomes is going to play until he's 45, which is a big part of the Brady mystique and how he was able to do this for so long. But he is the, he's the man. He is, what did Andy Reid say when asked about a postgame? He's the MVP. Mm. What, what, I can't say anything else. He is the MVP. That's who he is. Chad, not the MVP. Last night's turf and the situation with the field. I don't understand how the NFL, with all of their resources and all the time to prepare, and the fact that isn't like a month they put aside that the Roughly. stadium has to be they, uh, free of everything so they can put everything yeah, they in own, they need to. They own the stadium for that, but the grass was brought in two weeks ago. How the grass same, can it's be the same that, group that had the college football playoff. Yeah, how the grass can be that slippery, I, I don't, I don't get it. And it was worse on the painted part. The painted, but remember they canceled the game in Canton that year because of the paint. Yes, so the painted part was worse, but the field itself was was bad. Um, it, it's a huge, it's a huge gaffe by the NFL. Of all the little details they get right over the course of the week, and we've been to a bunch of Super Bowls. We were there last week. There is not. Um, a sign that's out of place in the media center. There is not one font that is different from the other that's not the Super Bowl 57 font of that week's game telling you where to go get credentials or day passes or whatever it may be. There's not a volunteer that's not at a station in every part of a Super Bowl in a Super Bowl week. You get all those details right and you get the field incorrect, that's a huge problem. And I don't want Roger Goodell to go up there at the podium and talk about how we have the best fields on the planet. Uh, fields have never been better. This is amazing. Our grass has been genetically engineered to have better grip than any grass in the history of football. And this is, no, acknowledge it, that it's a problem, and then fix it. That's what you do. They didn't do that about the officiating in the AFC Championship game when Roger Goodell had a chance to just say, it needs to be better. We didn't meet our very high standard in that game. But overall, officiating is very good. I would argue the best it's ever been. You can say all the good things about fields, but you cannot sit there and, and not acknowledge that this was a huge issue. The Eagles changed cleats over the course of the game. It was such a problem. Well, I mean, you couldn't kick off. Jack no. Elliott was slipping as he's trying to kick off uh, last night. And I'm thinking, like, so... They pay roughly. Terry Bradshaw, by the way, at least admitted it, and I was proud he did yeah. at halftime, even with all the, the specter of the NFL lording over them during that game on the broadcast. He came out and said, I don't understand why the NFL messed with this and, didn't, and messed it up to this level. And, and here's the thing, too, the unfortunate part of it. The, the NFL puts a lot of emphasis, believe it or not, on the turf. It's an $800,000 investment that they made for one game. And in Arizona, there's a 40-inch tray 
deep, 40-inch deep tray that this grass sits on, that it grows on for a couple of weeks, and they roll it in and out of the stadium each day. I think what messes it up is whatever paint they're using, and if, in fact, they painted the grass itself. I don't know if they did or not, because if you can't get the grass right in Glendale, Arizona, you're probably not going to get it right anywhere. But trust me when I say... There has been plenty of tracks in the NFL that I've been to where you can tell the grass should be brown and it's green. And the, just because we're looking at the emblems that are painted on there doesn't mean that other spots of that green turf isn't painted. That's, that's what I want to know. Did they paint everything or just the logos? And if they painted everything, that is definitely on the league and not the researchers from Oklahoma State that came up with this. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But... Um... I mean, you, yeah, and you've been up close. And, and you're not allowed to get you on You can that have turf. some spray paint on the grass to make it look better they may for have, television. Yeah, they may have been able to have a walkthrough um, on Saturday. I'm not sure about that. But the, the day of the game, to my knowledge, is the first time they're on that track actually going through any sort of warm-up. Guys couldn't even celebrate a touchdown last night. They were falling down to the end zone. Well, and also, th- at halftime, they had the footage of uh, on Fox of them repairing divots mm-hmm. on the field. And I'm thinking, it's not the divots that are the problem. It's the fact the grass is too slick. <laughs> I was like, look at, look at this NFL crew working hard after Rihanna's stage was removed to go through and get divots. And I'm thinking, well, great, but it's not a divot issue. It's a fact that the, the grass is too slippery because of the paint. That's an interesting idea about them spray painting the actual grass, which is Certainly a possibility also, because I mean, it was it looked, worse on the logos, but yeah. it was bad everywhere. I thought it looked great, but that's not the point. Like That's why I think, and I, I say I hate this, I, I, like, I like sports being played on natural grass, personally. Oh, I do too. But they are coming up with this synthetic surface now where, uh, for instance, the Titans have an outdoor stadium. They're moving to that synthetic turf, uh, surface because the, their turf research tells them that there will be less injuries on that, on this new developing turf that they have versus what they're playing on in some of the indoor tracks around the league and on certain grass types that they can grow here in you know the Mid-South. There is, uh, I just shake my head at it because I think the more and more emphasis they put on it, the worse it actually is for the players. Hassan Reddick, by the way, did Hassan Reddick even play high school football? Because he said last night was the worst, worst grass and surface he's ever played on. Um, how is that possible? That's the pain of the loss, speaking, I think, uh, as part of that as well. Um, yeah, he's from Philly. I mean, he played some high school football. I mean, that, Oh, I know. But I hear that, and I think, man, Philly high school football, whatever league he played in, uh, the rest of the country really needs to get on their turf management program because apparently it's the best on, on earth. What did you, uh, you make of the game overall at 35-35? I, I'm thinking man, this is going to be an epic finish. Minute 55 left in the game, and then the Bradbury hold. To me, I, I'm remembering Mahomes playing through the injury, Jalen Hurts being unstoppable in this game, and the Bradbury hold. I'll add another one to that, too. Uh, Jalen Hurts fumble. I mean, that was seven sure. points he handed. It didn't get hit. I mean, he yeah. just kind of lost the ball on a, on a rush attempt. Uh, so Jalen Hurts was terrific, but we also have to acknowledge that was a huge momentum-swinging no play doubt. to make it 14-all. The hold was a hold. I, I don't see any controversy. It doesn't help when Greg Olson is saying that he doesn't think he would call it. That's a, but, that's the question. Uh, but I, I don't. I saw Dante Stallworth tweet something. I was like, uh, people saying like you don't call well, it there. It's like when do you call it well, after the game? How many holds were there on the offensive lines last night? I, I look. <laughs> a hold is a hold. Then you're, we you're, should see more flags. You're opening up um, a completely different 
can of worms that we could spend two hours this offseason on in all football. Yeah. They don't call enough offensive holding on offensive linemen. They did a lot this year. That's what I'm saying. Yes, they kept I'm the flags they, in the pocket. They let that go. And that ended the game. They, we know why they let it go. Because they want offense. They want scoring and they want to protect the quarterbacks. Um, I just read a great piece from Wright Thompson on Joe Montana and how Joe Montana's bitter about Tom Brady being called the greatest because, in large part, he was literally risking his life when he was playing in his era and he goes through the list of injuries he had that Tom Brady never came close to having because he's protected so much in the game. Uh, Maybe a little bit extreme, but it's definitely different eras. They don't call offensive holding because they want people to score. But that was a defensive hold. Brad Berry admitted so after the game. Yeah, and I uh, I've, I've got no problem it be, with it. It can be defensive hold. Tell me why the flag came from the end zone, not from the umpire. And if it's holding, then it happened before the pass. Otherwise, it's defensive pass interference, and the ball was uncatchable. So if it's holding, why'd the flag come out too late? For, for that, for holding, before the flag comes I mean, I don't even see the flag come in for two more seconds. Like the whole mannerism of it, uh, it, it was a hold. But with a minute 54 or whatever it might be, if, they, if that's not a hold, if it's not called a hold, you kick the field goal and then Jalen Hurts and the offense have roughly two minutes, give or take 10 seconds, for a final possession. And they set up offense at the Super Bowl again. Like, so I don't buy into the, they want offense and so they're going to call this so they kick the, kick the uh, field goal. Like that. They no, want no, the no. epic I'm not, finish. I'm not saying they called that because they want offense. I'm telling you, you asked why were they not calling offensive holding I'm saying in general, in football, it's not called nearly enough because I think there's an emphasis on protecting quarterback, and that's the offensive lineman is doing a lot of times when they hold someone, so it's not called enough. I want offensive holding called more and to cut that out of the game as well. It it was, I mean, the player's admitting that he held on the play. He grabbed his jersey. Now, look, it's unfortunate that a game ends on that call, but it was the right call. I'm going to crush... NFL officials over a number of things. I actually think they got this call right. And if you call it two minutes yeah. into the game, you call it with two minutes left in the game, it's unfortunate because everyone that's impartial watching it is thinking, oh boy, we're about to have a two-minute drive for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts to try to win this, and we're going to have even more drama in this game. But a hold's a hold. And he hooked him on the start of the route, and the ball was uncatchable ultimately. I don't think the hold made the ball uncatchable. I think it was uncatchable yeah, because it's uncatchable, it but I still think it was a hold and it was rightly called. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's also just a, a huge letdown. Like, in that moment, because I think even the... I, I thought the broadcast was great. Uh, even in that moment, though, you know, like, man, we were setting up for an epic call, epic finish, you know? Yeah. And we were... It, was, it wasn't robbed from us because of the hold, but the hold, it took the air out of the entire stadium and of the broadcast. I loved um, Greg Olson... That he nailed it. It was almost like a play-by-play moment where he said, "You got to get down now." Mm-hmm. Remember when they were? You yeah. could tell the Eagles were letting up, trying to bait him Let into him running score. in the end zone, and McKinnon perfectly on cue did the baseball feet first slide down at the two yard line, which was smart. And how about the the Eagles giving up the ten points? You have Kansas City who scores on every possession in the second half, but then Philly coming back down the field to knot it at thirty-five with the two-point conversion. I mean, that, this, this was a game that lived up to the expectations. And I thought that play, the two-point conversion specifically, was just Jalen Hurts willing himself into the, into the end zone. That was, that, I was almost as impressed with that as anything else. That and all of the Eagles' uh, 
the, their quarterback sneak game is otherworldly good. I mean, I it's I, I love right. the quarterback sneak as much as any person on planet Earth. I think in college specifically, it has been the most underutilized play going. No longer in the NFL. Now that that rule is back where you can get assistance from a teammate to push the pile forward, uh, that uh, the quarterback sneak is run a lot, not the way the Eagles run it with a quarterback that big and strong also like Hurts. That was fun to watch, their, uh, their quarterback sneaks last night. And uh, Mahomes and the offensive scheme, some of the toughest ways to score happen in the red zone because everything's bunched together. And how many times do we see a guy wide open in short yardage situations for KC? Play design. A lot of that is Andy Reid, but Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes, and the rapport that he has with his crew. That is that what that, that's what sets them apart from the average NFL offense. Is yeah, you the, don't see guys wide open like that across the league especially when you're bunched in by 10 yards. The, um, the touchdown to Tony, the, the one that where he's wide open, uh, that play call is corndog, apparently, is the name of the play. And uh, Andy <laughs> Reid was asked why, and he said, well, we like to eat. That's why we called it corndog. <laughs> but uh, it, for something that simple, you know, like the, the motion going one way, and it's just, well, if we see this, then he's just going to bounce right back out, and hopefully he's going to be wide open. Right. For it to happen once, okay. The two times that you score touchdowns on that, though, in the fourth quarter, that's a bitter pill to swallow if you're Jonathan Gannon. I mean, I get it. Look, the Eagles are great. That that was not that complicated. That they should they 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 defended the merry-go-round well. You know, the play on that one that they tried before. Uh, those two plays to happen twice, I didn't think was a good look on Jonathan Gannon and a really good Eagles defense all year. I know he's in line to possibly be the Cardinals. Uh, next coach, but um, it, th- that is that is the next level stuff. Though you're right about the Chiefs, that does separate them is just when Andy Reid gets that creative, like we saw last night. Still a lot to break down from the game. We'll discuss halftime and more. That's all coming up later in the show when we come back. Dan Dockich joins us. We'll discuss the Super Bowl plus the coaching additions from the big weekend and what the Colts are expected to do with a coach that coached last night in Arizona. All of that and more next on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
From 6th and Piedmont with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hunting Withrow with you. Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us. Hit us up on social at Outkick 360. You can join Chad in the chat as well. I'm in there. I'm in that chat. I'm ready to go. It's chatting. Had someone saying that uh, they felt the uh, Kansas City Chiefs celebration was a bit muted because of the penalty that won them the game. And I'm thinking, did you see Travis Kelsey cut that wrestling promo yeah. <laughs> on camera? I don't think it was muted at all. I don't think uh, Mahomes' response to the win was muted. There wasn't a single player that wasn't you know, partying like it was 1999 after that game. Dan Dockage has done some partying after wins. Of course. Never after a loss, And in I'm 1999, sure. I'm sure he partied some. Dan Dockage, don't at me. He joins us on Outkick 360. Dan, hope you're well. Hope you had a great weekend. Ah, I did. I'm COVID's beating me up, but I'm fighting back. I'm here. We're going about 15 rounds. We're on around about 12. Yeah, but I'm good. Yeah, I heard you guys. Uh, is Patrick Mahomes on the goat path? Can we can yes. we start talking about that? Or way too early. Way too early. No, I, I, even if it's way too early, he's the only guy that can be in the conversation right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, because of his age and already the list of accomplishments. Yeah, you're right. when you consider what, 27 and what he's done and uh, how young their roster is. Here's what, Dan, just give, give me your reaction to this as I pull this up in real time. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I apologize for doing it here. But the, the amount of youth on this roster should scare the hell out of every other team in the NFL, especially in the AFC, they, they're the second youngest roster next year in the National Football League, and they have under contract Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid says he's coming back. They're always going to draft well. What do you make of the Chiefs versus everyone else in the AFC in what's a very difficult conference? Well, I mean, I think that's all well and good, but I think you better keep Patrick Mahomes healthy. I mean, look, let's be honest, man. I mean... Uh, he doesn't have Chad Henney to bail him out anymore, by the way. I saw where Chad Henney. <laughs> I saw Chad Henney. Good for him. Uh, retired today. But hey, as long as you, I think as long as you got homes, the way I look at this is um, uh, the chemistry on that team, it, it's a lot like when the, I think Golden State Warriors were rolling. Patrick Mahomes reminds me so much of Steph Curry. He just makes plays and has a want to about playing. You know, um, It'll be interesting in in the next months, coming months, the reports about how bad Mahomes' ankle truly was. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that because I never saw any back down from him. I never saw any question about whether he was going to come out in the second half or back in the uh, uh, divisional game, whether he was going to play. And, and I, I just think it's awesome. I, I think he's awesome. And, and here's the other thing, and I think, Jonathan, you and I talked about it a little bit this morning. You guys, I was listening to what you were saying, and the play calling around the goal line was so great. Like, you're talking about walk-in touchdowns. When do you ever see in the NFL walk-in touchdowns where guys are open from me to you and, and no, you can strut in because of misdirection? And it's a, it's, a, it's, a lethal, it's a lethal thing they've got going, whether it's Biennemi calling the play or Andy Reid, which it seems like it is with Mahomes and their talent. I think it's awesome. And Andy Reid said if, if Biennemi leaves for an offensive coordinator, like a lateral move, he hopes he's running the show at that new job. I know Baltimore, among others, have reached out to him. Dan, offensively, the Chiefs ran 53 plays. They had 21 first downs on 53 snaps. They scored 31 offensive points on 53 snaps. 
uh, they make it look easy against uh, their opponent, which was by far the top team in the NFC. And I felt like we did for sure see the top two teams play last night. You know, uh, we did, I think. It was interesting. I, I, we had Mike Vrabel on our show on Friday, and I asked him a question that just bothers me. Like, in basketball, you, you can eliminate one guy to the, for the most part. I mean, maybe not a seven foot four guy like Dizidi, but, you know, you, 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 can, you can box in one of them. You can face guard them all over the court. I, I, I asked Mike or Coach Vrabel, like, why is this guy open in the middle of the field? Like, well, you got eight guys back or seven guys back, four guys going out for a pass. Can't you put a guy in front of them and just – I don't know. And he didn't give me the greatest answer. He gave me the answer that is that is a good answer. Yeah, you got to hit him. He's tough, particularly on third down. But he's open. He's what first play of the game, damn near, he's wide open in the middle of the field. Look, I, I think that's a little bit coaching malpractice. I, I, I think you got to make Sky Moore or somebody else beat you. They're certainly capable of doing it. But, man, that play calling in Travis Kelsey, I, if you're going to let him run the middle of the field, you got a problem. But I forgot the question. I was just talking. I just had COVID brain right there. <laughs> it, it happens to the best. True dedication. Of them. Yes. Yeah, the, the fact you're powering through, uh, much like Patrick Mahomes on the ankle, is, is a reason to, to respect you, Dan. Uh, did you have a problem with the, the call on Bradbury that set it up where the Chiefs could run out the clock and kick that field goal? I heard, I heard your comments. I don't disagree with you. I, 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 yeah, a little bit. Here's why. I, I, every time the NFL has a game, and, and this is really starting to, I think, hurt the NFL product, I think a lot of people, when they see a big play, look in that bottom corner and to see if there's a flag. It's almost become a natural instinct now to, to think there's a flag on the field. And I thought the game was void of that. I, I, I thought it was void of that. And I'm not one of those that says you don't make that call at that time of the game. I, hey, look, uh, then what time do you make it? I mean, what, a big drive is always a big drive, or a big stop is always a big stop. I know the kid said that he, he held, and I thought Sirianni handled it great. Um, I just don't know that I would have made the call personally. I, I, you know, I, I, I think one of the things that happens is, and I know this in basketball because I talk to basketball officials all the time when I was doing games, all the time. I have breakfast with them or have beers with them after game. And replay puts in their mind that they got to make calls. And replay puts in their mind that, man, I, I got to call that. I mean, I, I can't be subject to all this stuff. And it's really, it, it's really in there for officials. So, yeah, I, hey, look. Um, kid said he, kid said he held, I guess he held. Uh, I didn't see much reaction though from, was it Juju Smith-Schuster? I, I didn't see him acting like he was old. Obviously we saw Mahomes. So I, I guess it just, it just stunk that, that I'd gotten away. I, and my wife even said, man, there's been no penalty. It's been clean. And then to have it called like that. But I, I'm not one of those advised you don't call it at that time. If it was a hold, the referee's trained to call that particular move a hold and it's gotta be a hold. Dan, did you make it through the entire Rihanna performance at, at halftime? And, and if so, what were your thoughts? You know, I've been called a lot of bad things by my own family last night. Uh, my, my son called me a fat, 60-year-old, angry, uh, bald guy. And I thought it was horrible. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, look, I, I, okay, let's just assume that I'm a bad guy. Okay, let, let's just make that assumption. When I, when I go to comedians, I don't want clean comedy. I don't. I, I, I want Eddie Murphy. I want Chris Rock. Those are guys that I enjoy. When I, 
When I go to see a performance, I want to see a performer. I want to see somebody actually singing. I don't want to see somebody wearing an orange tarp over themselves and can't move. Hey, God bless you. You're pregnant. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a blessing. All that stuff. But hey, for my halftime, I don't know. I want to see a little Janet Jackson, maybe a little, you know, Bruno Mars, somebody performing. All I saw was a blood clot. That's all I saw. It was terrible. <laughs> With Oompa Loompas. Yeah. The the stage yeah. direction was pretty cool. Like the the way the you know, the All different right. levels of that. I did admire that, but I I'm mostly with you on everything else. Did not overly imp- it's not one that I'm gonna remember years from now. The great halftime performances. I'm not gonna go back to twenty twenty three and Rihanna and think back and say, Well, that was a real moment Although, in pop culture history. So, so real quick though, so Brett Kern's punt definitely hit the wire in the NFC championship game, right? We believe so, yes. How many wires were suspended for this halftime show? See, what? Here's, can I ask you a question? I, and, and I know I'm wrong, all right? Okay. So just, all right. But are we getting, like, too much? And again, this is old, as my son said, six-year-old, bald, angry guy. But are, are we, is it too much? Like, you watch the, the pregame, and these, and these guys got to come out there, and they come down a runway. I mean, I don't know. I, I just swear to God. I swear to God, it, 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 even when I was 20, I, if I was in something like that, I'd be, yeah, I ain't doing that. Yeah, I'm not dancing. Yeah, so, I, I'm, I'm, yeah you go ahead. I, I, I'm not. Yeah, no, no, no. no. It's, uh, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this is the COVID brain affecting you here, but I, I will say this to that thought. I, there are times you can have too much. I don't think the Super Bowl is ever that time. I want all of it. Okay. Like, I'm good with Chris Stapleton. I'm good with uh, honoring the DeMar Hamlin first responders. I'm good with the whole presentation with the winners of the Walter Payton Man of the Year on the field. Like, all the sappiness, all of the excess, all the commercials, I want more, 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 more on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm good with all of it. But here's what bothers me, and this is where the Rihanna lovers are going to hate me on this. I don't want to just see Rihanna on the halftime show. I want special guests. That goes for anybody. If Cole plays out there, uh, it doesn't matter. If Bruce Springsteen is out there, I want special guests. I don't like when they just stick to one person mm-hmm. or one act for the entire halftime show. Dan, your thoughts? I like I, – I, look, I'm with you. I swear to God, I was actually waiting for a special guest. I, I was. I was like, oh, there's got to be – you know, it's – Willie Nelson gonna come out here? You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Where's Snoop Dogg? Oh, I, I like, ladies I like and gentlemen, baby Morgan face, Wallen. Baby faces, <laughs> uh, right? Baby face was great. Stapleton was great. Uh, you know, people can have their opinions about two national anthems, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in a dark room for four days, and when I come out, I think I'll have cleaned all these thoughts out of my head and I'll want more Super Bowl. I think that's what I'm going to do. Are you going in uh, for four days in the dark room because of that or because you don't like Indianapolis' coaching hire? I'm not mad at Indianapolis' coaching hire. Okay. But here's the deal. I think you guys would agree with this. Chris Ballard hasn't hired anybody that has been any good at anything. So he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Like in Indy, they'll celebrate this guy as the greatest offensive mind and blah, 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 blah. I sit there and go, all right, maybe he is, and I hope he is at 37, man. I hope he's a, you know, young go-getter that's going to be dynamic and, and all that. But Chris Ballard, the general manager, and Jimmy Ursay, the owner, they really don't get the benefit of the doubt. This is the fifth head coach 
that uh, these two have put together in a seven-year span. I mean, this is not like, hey, uh, let's see what's going on here. That's how I look at it. So, you know, great that we got a coach or we're going to get a coach, I get. Great that this all looks like it's coming together, but you better make a decent draft choice. Here's what drives me nuts, and I'm curious your thought. Tennessee, great running back. Indy, great running back. Quarterback situation iffy because you guys lost uh, A.J. Brown. You don't really have weapons. Colts, no weapons. All right, so who wins the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs, what do they do? They go in the middle of the season and go get the Tony kid. They draft Pacheco late, like 6th, 7th round. I mean, why? Because he's fast, because he runs like he's angry. Honest to God. Like, weapons, weapons, and more weapons, and we're sitting here in Indy with a light in the backside middle linebacker in Leonard that says he lost his passion, and a left guard who's supposedly generational, my backside, and we're paying that guy 20-some million dollars. It's, it's just logic says to me, get more weapons in the NFL. And pay the price later, Chad. Yeah, I mean. Pay up now, then pay for draft picks later, or, or just lose them. Just go win. Just go with Andy well, Reid's in there talking about it's about players. Win. It's having good players. But also, there's like, no mystery to this. Just have better players, and you'll be okay. And that's what the, the teams that get it understand, and they go about doing whatever they can to make that happen. But Danny, and they don't trade away AJ Brown. You know, sorry uh, for no. Titans fans out there. I'm watching that game, and I'm thinking, you know, the teams that play in Super Bowls, they they get AJ Brown. <laughs> they don't get them and then trade them. Well, the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, and they still won the Super Bowl. Uh, because they have their guy at quarterback. Yeah, you can it, you do know. that when you have Patrick Mahomes. You don't do that when you have Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> That's a big difference. Yes, and so so based on the coaching hire in Indy, everyone believes it's going to be Shane Steichen. Uh, Dan, what quarterback do you think they're after with their pick? Do they have to move up, or can they get their guy where they are? No, that's a good question. I think a little bit it depends on Chicago, because uh, talking to Tommy Waddle from WMVP, they – they, they, he's convinced they're going to trade the pick. Uh, I would love to see the Colts trade, uh, trade for and get the pick. I would love to see the Colts move up and just say, screw it. We're going to, you know, we're going to figure this out. One of the things that just smells like the Colts, I swear to God, it smells like the Colts at number four is Will Levis. Maybe Stroud's gone. Maybe Young's gone. And next thing you know, Will Levis is your guy. It just, it smells like Will freaking Levis. And I swear to you, all these guys, I did a thing on my show a month or so ago, all these guys that moved up in the draft because of how well they dress or how nice they are in an interview or what the film looks or how they threw it across their body, over their head, in some workout in a field house. All those guys that moved up like that stunk this year. And I swear it just, it, it, it just, it, it, it just smells like Will Levis. It does. And... At least it's not Jeff Saturday and Will Levis, I guess. So that's better. Um, but that's what it, you know, that's what it looks like here. That's all I keep hearing from people is how much they like Will Levis. Come on. Dan Dockich, we love having him on the show. You can follow him at Dan Dockich. He's got it really simple on his social media. And uh, look, great show. Don't at me. Mornings here across the Outkick Network. Dan, we are one month away from the NCAA tournament. We are two months away from Augusta National. Buckle up. 
Yeah, and how about Alabama, number one in NCAA basketball? Purdue got beat at Northwestern. I'm not going to lie. North, I think I think Alabama is the best team in the country. My Hoosiers are getting hot, but damn, Alabama, what we got going on down there? Nate, Nate Oates and your boys at Tennessee, man. Oh, what a week. That is they brutal. Got two the, Dan, they, they, they lost the same 80% free throw shooter, <laughs> missed the front end of a one and one, and then missed two. With 4.8 seconds left, right around there, both times, and lost on a three, up two when he was shooting in back-to-back games. Try to beat that level of, I don't know how that happens statistically. What would the, uh, you know, the ESPN stats and info percentage chances of that happening in two consecutive basketball games to the same team be? That, that was brutal. Now, the Missouri one was just a great, lucky 35-foot runner at the buzzer. The Vandy one was a wide open yeah. corner three. They gave up on a, on a brilliant hey. out-of-bounds play that set it up. So those are two different shots. Let me, let me give it. you this. Let me give you this. Let, speaking of odds, against Vanderbilt, up two, ball taken out-of-bounds on the side. Great inbounds pass by Barnes. They throw it. I forget the kid's name. Julian and all Phillips. he's got to do is go lay it in. Yep. What were the <laughs> odds when he was ahead of everyone and he could have laid it in? What were the odds uh, that they were going to lose two back-to-back to, games at that point? To be up you know four, I mean? they'd have been the up four in. with uh, 10 seconds left had he laid that ball Game's in. Game's over! And he didn't, and then the rest <laughs> is history. I, yeah, that, that was frustrating to watch. For a Tennessee grad, very frustrating to think about the odds of yeah. both those things happening. And now they're staring four losses in a row, maybe five, right down the barrel. Alabama, they host the number one team in the country. They go to Rupp. On Saturday, they go to Texas A&M, who's now ahead of them in the standings second place in the SEC. So Tennessee's got some opportunities for big wins. They got an opportunity for a big losing streak too. Yeah. I mean, uh, hey, look, uh, Kentucky looks like they're a mess. Alabama talking trash to Auburn after beating them. The SEC's fun in hoops, man. It's fun. It's a good time. Dan, always appreciate you, man, especially today battling through. Feel better. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having right. me. Yeah, See man. you guys. Dan Dockich, don't at me. 9 a.m. Eastern on the Outkick Network. Coming up, the Jets have reached out about trading for Aaron Rodgers. Details and why they're after Rodgers specifically and why it's a fit. What's next on Outkick 360? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chiefs are world champions. Eagles may be losing both of their coordinators. Offense and defense. Jonathan Gannon being mentioned as uh, the front-runner for Arizona. Meanwhile, Shane Steichen mentioned as the choice in Indianapolis after they have had quite a lengthy coaching search, all for it to be about the coach that was in the Super Bowl. The Jets are hoping to improve their odds of Super Bowl uh, contingency based on Aaron Rodgers. They picked up the phone. They called Green Bay. And, you know, of course, the Packers have a history with the Jets on trades. They traded Brett Favre to the Jets. And the Jets are now wondering, hey, uh, 
What about Rodgers, given the fact that you want him in the AFC and it feels like they're, they're at an impasse internally between the QB and the organization in Green Bay? That photo we just showed, it certainly looks natural. Uh, people putting the superimposing the Jets yeah. logo on, on Aaron Rodgers, probably the, you know, the green that we've seen him in for so long, uh, a little bit similar there. Uh, I, of all the teams that are possible uh, landing spot for Aaron Rodgers, this makes a lot of sense. Given the fact that they've got good young receivers, they've got a great defense to go with, they've got a young, dynamic running back that will be coming back from injury. Yes. Um, they, they need to improve in, in certain spots, but the youth movement there is real, and they've got some actual parts to where they could be a contender with a top-notch quarterback. Uh, th- the same thing goes for Aaron Rodgers, though, that I would say about you know Russell Wilson. He wasn't as bad as Russell Wilson this year. But Russell Wilson the year before in Seattle was a lot like Aaron Rodgers this past season. And then he fell off a cliff when he joined a new team. Does that happen to Aaron Rodgers also where he's just losing it? Uh, and that's what we really witnessed this past season. I don't think so. We're a season removed from him being a back-to-back MVP winner. But that would be the question I have about Rodgers specifically. If Rodgers can be anything close to Rodgers, he makes the Jets a lot better. And, okay, I mean, and, and the Jets, I think compared to the Packers roster-wise, could make him a lot better as well. And Woody Johnson said that he's going to spend on a veteran. Rodgers is scheduled to make around $60 million fully guaranteed next season based on the deal and the restructuring he did with Green Bay last year. I don't know what it's going to take to get him out of Green Bay via trade because while you've got to be willing to spend that much money and or restructure, you also could potentially be trading for a quarterback that's not playing after next year. And so I don't know how you, in, you ensure that that's going to happen if you're going to invest the veteran route on the trade market and pay for the two out of three seasons we've seen the MVP of the league. Most recently, Mahomes, the two prior, Aaron Rodgers. Also, it is tantalizing for ownership and general man. It, it, when you see this roster, their top three receivers, Garrett Wilson, who just won Rookie of the Year with three different quarterbacks playing, Corey Davis who can be a 1,000-yard receiver, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, Denzel Mims. Those are the top five. And then beyond that, of the backfield, you mentioned it. Brees Hall's coming back. They have Michael Carter. They have Ty Johnson. James Robinson they traded for from Jacksonville. They have a nice, constructed, young core that paired with the right quarterback can win it. And their defense was... Their defense is really where it starts. They're right there to take a huge – they took a big step this year with poor quarterback play for the most part. They're, they're in line for a giant leap with the right quarterback. I also think just in general, when you try to draft a top-five quarterback and it doesn't work out, it always feels like that next moment is the moment to go for it, and that's where the Jets are right now. With Zach Wilson not panning out as a top pick – now you have an opportunity to go get a veteran and really go for it and try to correct that mistake. You can chase as a franchise and put yourself in a, a bigger hole when you do that, but I, I think in this one the timing's it, right for the Jets to do something. Now, do on something the, big. On the flip side, you mentioned Russell Wilson. The, the idea that this could be a huge bust and that Nathaniel Hackett would be on the coordinator end of both of these options is something else. It goes from Denver. He's fired after 16 games. 
He's now the OC in New York with the Jets. I think Nathaniel Hackett should just step away from the NFL <laughs> if this doesn't work out. Because you are the common link to two of the biggest flops in NFL history, if that happens. Here's the thing, too. We're going to know a lot about Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson with how Russell Wilson plays for Sean Payton this year. If he immediately reverts back to being good Russell Wilson, that is a huge indictment on Nathaniel Hackett and his coaching and what he did in Denver. If Russell Wilson continues to be bad, then it's very easy to come back and say, oh, maybe Nathaniel Hackett's not all bad. It wasn't good, but he also didn't have a quarterback to work with. And he was handed a high-dollar guy who's still not good, even with Sean Payton. And it's but if Sean Payton turns him around, that's, a, that's another mark against Nathaniel Hackett. Now, if you combine that with their, them trading for Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't work out with Nathaniel Hackett, well, that's strike number three. And we've already seen it work to big success. Not championship success, but MVP success between these two. Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And that was the whole talk this time last year. It was like, hey, you're hiring Nathaniel Hackett. Now go get Aaron Rodgers. He decides to stay. Now it just feels like he's the breakup's coming. He's got to yeah, announce that I, he's playing again after this four day retreat. Which prop it was everyone saying it starts today. I don't know how that's the case if he's on with McAfee tomorrow, which they're promoting. Yeah, well, either that or the four day thing was just him going the furthest end of it. He thinks he's going to be done in two. Or be done in a day and a half. <laughs> Tapping out of for he one. He said, you know, his, some of his friends lasted all four days, but you tap out whenever you want. Maybe he's already said, I'm, it's going to be more like a day for me, not the full <laughs> four. So, yeah, Pat, I'll be able to join your show on Tuesday. Unless he pre-taped it or something, but I don't know why he would do that. I, I don't see this darkness retreat or isolation retreat or whatever they're calling it leading him to any other decision <laughs> than I'm going to play and it's not going to be in Green Bay. So let's make a trade happen. Hit us up on social at Outkick360. You can chat with Chad as well. He's, a, he's in the chat room on YouTube. Uh, coming up, Nick Lowry joins us. Five-time All-Pro kicker. He's in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. And he recaps Super Bowl 57 with us. Worst turf he ever kicked on. Was it worse than what we saw last night? Doesn't Pro- matter. Probably not. Doesn't matter because his team, world champions. World, world. Champions. champions. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know the reference, you got it, you loved it.